Hello, my name is Connor. And I'm Jason. And you are listening to the Amazed and Perplexed Podcast. So today's uh, a little bit of a different episode. If you are close with Jason or, you know, the closest that you could possibly be, you know, Facebook friends with him, you might have seen that uh, (laughs) his mother died recently. Um, And so we just kind of want to use this as an opportunity to talk about, to one, to talk about his experience and two, to talk about, um, you know, what it's like to process grief, what it's like to... um, search and find hope and, and be strong for others and be vulnerable um, for others in, in the midst of, of, of all this. Uh, and so it's a conversation we could have any time, but it's obviously very real for Jason currently. And so, yeah, well, just kind of really briefly, what, what happened? Yeah, so uh, I haven't lived around my mom for decades, really. Uh, they moved down here back in the spring, and she was never very well. We, we, she was in and out of the hospital quite a bit. I but had a fall last Monday, ended up hitting her head, and uh, initially she was fine, making jokes and this kind of thing. But but on her way home, she realized something was wrong, went to the hospital, uh, and when she went in, she couldn't breathe on her own, and so they intubated her, and so we had to make the decision uh, to take her off the machines. And basically, we once they told us there was nothing more that they could do, we gave it another uh, 24 hours, and we prayed. We're just asking, okay, God, here's our fleece. Um, <clears throat> just show us if we're wrong. And in that 24 hours, she did deteriorate. And so uh, based on, you know, working with the doctors, we removed uh, that machine. And and she actually lived um, for several hours after that, uh, which was, you know, we we didn't know how it was going to go. You never do. Uh, But died really peacefully. Um, And so, yeah, so that was, today is uh, Wednesday. So that was just, uh, whatever, four days ago, five Mm -hmm. days ago. So, um, yeah, still very fresh. so there's like a lot of different ways we could you know start to have this conversation. Um, wh- one way that I, I'm I'm just really interested in because uh, it is so specific to you, but yet I think it's one of these things that kind of grafts onto what it is to be like a follower of Jesus. Uh, you are correct. You're you're the oldest of your mother's children, yes. and you also are the quote unquote minister, right? Mm-hmm. And so, what is it like for you? You know. You're with your mom. You're going through this experience. You're also, you know, with your family, and you're dealing with the grief, your your own grief, and the grief of your children and your siblings, and and and, and all these things going on. Um, and you're trying to experience and trying to process through your feelings, but also trying to be attentive to other people. And so, what is that? What what is that like for you specifically? In 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 specific specifically as from the perspective of of being a disciple. Yeah. Um, and that's an interesting, it's been an interesting evolution in me. Um, I was raised where, I mean, I can remember being told by adults, Hey, you've cried enough, you know, I grieving like my grandma and recognizing that, that you had a really short shelf life of, um, you know, being able to grieve and, and to the large degree, stuff it all, stuff it all. All right. Yeah. Button it up. We're in public now kind of thing. And now, of course, generationally, the generations are much more attentive to the reality of your emotional health matters, your mental health matters. Um, I think for me and and in general, when I talk with a family in preparation for a funeral, one of the things I will do 
whether it shows up in the funeral or not, I will be very clear. Look, the emotions you feel, God created you with the capacity to feel those. You pretending like you don't have those is deception. That That's lying. And so if you're angry at God, and we've had conversations along this line before, but you saying, no, 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 I'm not angry. I'm not angry. Now you're angry at God and you're lying to God and to others. So it's much better to say, I'm really angry uh, about this, God. You could have done something. And that's always true. You can't call him all powerful and then turn around and say, well, it's unavoidable. No, he could have. He could have rescued my mom. You know, he could have saved her miraculously. And I was like, hey, God, if that's what you want to do, I mean, and hey, do it right. Take away everything wrong with her. You know, that was part of our prayer is we want to do what you want us to do here, what would ultimately be best for for my mom. And so that idea of starting with honesty, what do I really feel? Uh, Understanding that some people can't absorb it, but God can. Uh, Ideally, finding safe places to say, hey, I'm really angry, I'm really sad, I'm really excited, I'm really guilty, I'm really... All those things are natural. It's natural, especially with an aging parent, to feel relief. And I've talked to a lot of people that feel deep guilt over feeling relief. But bottom line, when you move into even a pseudo caretaker role, even if it's only in your mind that you're anticipating doing it, it is relieving to know, oh, that's not a responsibility God has given me. So I think embracing it all and then reminding yourself of ultimate truth. Um, you know, that, that's the thing that God's always offering to us. He's like, I don't want you to not understand what's going on in the world. I, I don't want you to act like it's not happening. Simultaneously, there's always this ultimate truth that I am working on something, that I have a kingdom that that you don't yet have access to in terms of being able to experience with all your senses. And that's the fuller, the bigger, the more long-lasting reality. Um, so, so yeah, that that's the things. And of course, you know, there was no, even with the challenges I've had in relationship with my mom, there was no sense that she wasn't a believer in Jesus. In all of our prayers, there wasn't a, man, God, I hope you let her in, you know, kind of thing. And, yeah. and so, so yeah, there, there was that comfort. Okay. We solved the biggest problem. She's not going to suffer eternally, you know? Um, and in, I'm not even getting a discussion of what happens after death for people not with Christ, but I'm saying she's with Christ. Um, and now it's simply a matter of what do I have responsibility for here? I have responsibility to be honest, to find safety, to get support, to make whatever decisions I have to make, but to not let it get bigger than what it is. It's important. It's big but it's not bigger than what it is. So I, yeah, that's, that, that's a really, really fascinating framing and just really, really helpful for me. Um, you know, it's not bigger. How exactly did you phrase it? It's not it's, bigger it's than not it bigger is. It's not bigger than what it is. Yeah. yeah. And that seems so silly, but it, it is, it is actually fairly R- profound. Really? I workshopped that for six hours. <laughs> <laughs> it's about the most simple thing you could think of. And I mean, if I had given two seconds, I would have figured, no, just kidding. No, but it, it is a really it is a really fascinating framing, and so there's it's, it sounds like you know, like for you in the grieving process is like you are you're not combating, but you are you're taking all these feelings in, and you're trying to filter them through. You're trying to be as honest and vulnerable with them as possible while filtering through this ultimate truth. And so for you, I'm just really interested because um, this is very fresh. This isn't you know thinking a year or two away from like a year or two from now uh, after you know your mom's been gone for a while. Um, has has the feelings that you are having to run through this filter or run through this um, this paradigm, are they the same feelings of grief that you maybe anticipated or are they different? It's a great question. Um, a lot of times I think we feel a lot of pressure to get it right no matter what it is. And for some people it's don't cry. And for some people, why aren't you crying? You know, so you, you're dealt with this, um, w- with these conflicting messages that come at you. 
Um, and then what are your expectations? I, I think it's really important. Like when I wake up in the morning, so when, when we were, we processed before my daughter dying, when my daughter died, I would wake up in the morning and all of a sudden it's like, I'd be like, Hey, what's today like? Cause that's my normal disposition. And all of a sudden it would just like, like a wave hits you of like, Oh my gosh, your daughter died, you know? And it would be like, take your breath away. And for a while it was like that, you know? So this morning or this, not this morning, but after she died and even before I, when I'd wake up, I'd just take a, take a, take a moment and say, Hey God, you know, like work with me here on this, you know, mm-hmm. cause he wants to. And I'm like, what am I feeling? And, and I'm one that because of my personality, I, I realized a while back, I think my feelings instead of feel my feelings. Like I would tell you, like, if you asked me how I was feeling, I'd basically say, what do you want to hear? Like subconsciously. Yeah. And then if you really know, what are you really feeling? I would say, what would a person going through this type of experience feel? And I would give you that answer. Mm-hmm. Um, but just to create space to say, okay, God, what is it I'm feeling and allow it. It's it's such a weird thing to say, but oftentimes when you feel or experience something you think you shouldn't, you like you've been taught uh, many times to subconscious just pretend like it doesn't exist. Well, that doesn't just disappear; mm-hmm. it just gets buried, and it's like putting too much pressure on something. Eventually, it'll blow. And so, in order for me not to explode in a month, I need to make sure I'm taking the time to release pressure, whatever pressure might be there. Um, I have felt. You know, it's it's no secret that my relationship with my mom was challenging to me. Uh, I feel like she, her faith was certainly in Jesus Christ, but it was much more about behavior than heart, and that's what she was taught. And then I think she'd experienced a lot of very difficult things as a child, things that we would identify as traumatic things, that she was never fully convinced getting help was a worthwhile effort. And so hurt people hurt people, you know, and so we experienced that. So to hold... Most of my good memories about my mom are from my childhood, and there that doesn't. That's also when some of the most hurtful memories are. But I think by the time I was in adolescence and moving into adulthood, it was simply trying to. It was a buffer, so I don't really have a lot of solid good memories with her in the high school, college, adult years. Simply because I just reached a point to protect myself somewhat subconsciously, but I just created space there, even physical distance there, you know, and so. And so that that idea of, you know, I, I was thinking when we started talking about this, it talks about Abraham, father of our faith. Uh, he says in chapter 4 of Romans, in verse 19, without weakening in the faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead since he was about 100 years old and that Sarah's womb was also dead, yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God. So how that shows up in my life is when she was living, I'm like, man, this isn't the relationship I want. It isn't the relationship I want. And she may die, and I'll never get the relationship I want. And that's going to be sad because not only will I be sad that she's gone, but also be sad we couldn't get there, you know? So I think it's wrong for me to deny that, that that I lament that, you know? And in many ways, I lament that more than the missing of her. I lament that, man, I, I, wish, I wish we could have got to a better place here. Simultaneously, uh, I believe fully that she has now been transformed or in the process of being transformed or however that works, and I will see her again, and then we will have that relationship. That, that's that faith piece that says, and faith is simply saying, God said this, and whether it makes sense to me or not, I'm going to choose to agree. Even if I have doubts, I'm going to choose to agree. And then a minute from now, I get the other another chance to choose to agree or not to agree. Abraham didn't have faith in the sense he never struggled. He clearly struggled with lots of things. It's simply every time you get to the next moment, he was like, you know what? 
I'm going to choose to trust God with this. Oh, just made a huge mistake. I yeah. told a king that had all the power in the world that this wasn't my wife, and now I'm in big trouble here. <laughs> um, but today, in this moment, I'm going to choose God. And and I think that's that's all faith really is, is choosing God's perspective. And he's God never says, hey, don't act like it's not sad. Mm-hmm. You know, th- There's a couple times he did say not to grieve in the Old Testament, so if we want to process that like individuals. But that was, was very specific. You, I was about to write you an angry email. Yes, exactly. You're about to just crush well, me. So anyway. And I, and I think it's one of those things— you know, Jesus tells us, to, you know, to pray that his kingdom, you know, that here as in heaven, right, that heaven would invade earth, that our relationships, like the relationship with your mom would be as it would be in heaven. And j- the fact that that doesn't happen here is grief worthy, like, right? That's what we prayed for. That's what we want. We want our relationships. We want um, our families to be the way that they are going to be. Mm-hmm. And so it doesn't take away from the fact that, yeah, there's real grief because Jesus says like, hey, we want this and it's a good thing to want. It's a good thing to work for. It's a good thing to pray for that the way things are going to be in heaven would be <laughs> would be that way or would be a glimpse of that way here and now. Um, that doesn't take away from the future and it doesn't take away from the pain from the present. Yeah, uh, that's it's so good. Yeah, and that that's that key of, you know, the message that so many have received is God's not happy with you unless you do it right. And that's really, you know, simplifying it, but that's functionally. And so then it becomes this constant search for many of what, what is, what is right. Like, I, like I know what to do when I show up to church, I sit quietly, I give my money, I sing the song, whatever. But now what do I do? Like mm-hmm. there's no book chapter and verse and how to deal with this particular relationship, you know? And that's not what God ever says. God, God, and specifically Jesus living with God was like, the answer is I trust him. The answer is I wait for him to tell me what to do. The answer is I follow where he leads me. The answer isn't I got to figure all this out. And so if your relationship, if my and when my relationship is about, but you better get this right, all of a sudden I can't feel what I feel. I have to push that away because then I ask too many questions. But if, if you accept that God is love, which is what he says about himself, but you have to choose whether you believe it, then if you can imagine lovingly being compassionate with somebody that is feeling the wrong thing, mm-hmm. can you then turn and say this all-powerful, perfect God can't do what you can do? I mean, how silly is that? You know what I mean? So if I can absorb, if you were mad at me and it was off, like you misunderstood, but I, I couldn't say, don't ever be mad at me. And if I love you, I'd be like, okay, get that out. Okay, let me, let's work on that. Well, if I can imagine having that much compassion, do I think God has less? It's just a silly dynamic that I think many of us are bought into. So that idea of of being free to, okay, I feel resistance to God in this moment. I'm just going to, okay, that's safe to be here. I feel God gets that. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And he's not offended by my feelings or my false thoughts or whatever. I mean, honestly... No matter how good I am in a moment, he is constantly working with my false thoughts. He's constantly working with my emotions that are coming out wrong because I'm never perfect. And that's one of those things you had mentioned about your mother. Uh, her, you know, she had faith in Jesus, but it was much more of a how do I get this right sort of thing as opposed to. Um, you know, things we kind of talk about here. And I imagine there, I mean, there are lots and lots of people in my life who I want them to see the beauty and the rest and the peace that can be found in Jesus. Um, even people who know Jesus and that they, they don't, they, they don't have to strive. They don't have to, um, they don't have to put on a show. Like I want that for so many people. And I, and I know that you wanted that for your mom. And I, I know you had conversations that way. 
um, that oftentimes there was just these barriers because of childhood or, or whatever it may be that it wasn't wouldn't get there. And there has to be this beauty in knowing, okay, she gets it now. She she understands and she knows it better than I do even. Uh, and that's one of those, has to be one of those humbling things to be like, you know, I'm not putting this on your mother or your relationship with your mother. But if you had this picture of like, man, I just, I can't believe this person can't understand this thing about God. And I can't believe they can't get this. And, and I just, what are the words that I can say? How can I convince them? How can I help them um, see Jesus better? And to know, okay, they they see Jesus better than me. They, they get the picture yeah. and that, and, and for you, I imagine as you know, somebody who this has been your entire life, that's gotta be one of the most bizarre feelings because you grew up out of what your mom's faith was and have embraced this whole new thing. And then to, to, to think about your mother, um, having the fuller picture currently has just gotta be a, a, a mind bending experience. Oh man, that, I don't know if I've been more emotional than this moment. <laughs> that, that was so good. I've, I mean, I've, I've thought about the fact that she's with God. I've thought about the fact that she didn't have pain, and that includes physical, emotional, mental pain. But yeah, I mean, she has far exceeded my wildest dreams about what she could have gained. Uh, you know, I, I reflect often in, in funerals in particular, how it talks about, you know, in Philippians 3, our citizenship is in heaven. We eagerly wait to save you from there. Who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control. So that is significant power. I mean, if you can imagine bringing everything in your world under your control. I mean, you'd have to have incredible power. He'll use that power to transform our lowly bodies so that they'll be like his glorious body. And I don't think, God doesn't describe body as separate from who you are, you know? So I think that's right. I mean, she is now, I've always talked about, look, and I will often say in funerals, both to, as a little bit of comic relief, but also to give people permission, I'm like, hey, was uh, grandma, mom, sister, whoever, were they perfect? And there's always that, well, of course not. And I'm like, and I usually will know because I'll talk to the family one or two things. Like I did a funeral. I'm like, was uh, was your sister ever micromanaging? And it's like the whole crowd, oh, yeah. You know what I mean? And then we had open bike and everybody was like, here's another way she was micromanaging. But to say, um, yeah, you know, th- this is the truth about her. And, and you had zero conversations with the person that died that weren't, uh, impacted by sin, your sin and their sin. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And the next time you see that person, you will have a conversation with them that has no sin impact. And we can't even imagine it. Mm-hmm. Like every time we talk, if you get good news, I want to be so excited for you. But if there's a way I can be jealous, I'll figure it out. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. If you get bad news, I'll feel so sad for you. And simultaneously, I'll be like, ooh, glad it didn't happen to me. You know? <laughs> and and that's all sinful thinking. You know, mm-hmm. I, I wish I could just show up and just love you and love everybody purely. And and I'm not saying I don't have moments. And certainly it matters that I want to. But at the end of the day, I'm not yet perfected. Yeah. And yeah, she exceeds my wildest dreams. She is way ahead of me now in understanding the grace and love and forgiveness and mercy yeah. of God. Yeah, and I, and I and I it's one of those things that we don't think about often. But how um, what a cathartic experience it will be to like look at your mother and she'll be your mother. Like she'll have the personality that mm-hmm. she had and she'll yeah. have those, the things that made her like the things that God wove into her to be a grace and to be, to be, to be a blessing to, to others and, and all of who she was meant to be. And you have a picture of who you wanted your mom to be. And it would be even better than that. And I don't think about it from my perspective. Like I know there are things wrong with me, but I'm not thinking, Oh, okay. But like also, the me that I was always meant to be in this relationship is going to, is going to be there and it's going to be this whole experience. And I think about how many of our relationships 
do we go to the grave with where we just, man, if they could get to the place where they're, if they could, if they could get to the place that I need them to be. Um, and maybe sometimes if I'm, if I'm being, you know, introspective enough, if I can get to the place that I need to be for them. Um, and so, yeah, that, that has to be one of those experiences that just, we can't even begin to wrap our minds around what it, what it's like for, you know, perfect Jason, um, to encounter, you know, his perfect mother. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, yeah, so that's crazy. It is. And, and I think, and this, we, I think we've talked about dynamics of what is heaven like, and the truth is we're given lots of leeway to imagine, you know, uh, Abraham imagined it, uh, a city whose foundations were built by God. And obviously in revelation, he's giving a picture that would speak to the Jewish people about streets of gold and these really super thick walls built of jewels and, or his foundation at least was built, built from jewels. Um, he, he's not saying, Hey, expect a street of gold. He, it's a vision. They have practical for tires. Uh, just, you know, uh, be, I don't think there can be bike. I don't think there can be bikes or cars in heaven. If they're those gold, those flakes will just, you know, they'll, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, but he's simply saying, hey, whatever you can imagine, imagine it. And mm-hmm. it's better than that. And I think, I, I don't know, I, I just think it is a, it's really bringing my sense of the end times, as it were. It, it just it just sharpens it a bit. I, I remember thinking this when our daughter died. Uh, David at one point says, uh, when his when his child dies with Bathsheba, that first child, he said, you know, he's grieving, grieving, and, and sackcloth and ashes. And then once he hears the child's died, he goes, gets something to eat. And, then, and they ask him, and he's like, well, I can't, that, that child can't come to me anymore. I must go to him. And that's what I said in, in my Jessica's funeral. I'm like, now we have this choice. Do we want to join her? You know, because she was perfect. She didn't have free will to exercise, to choose, to, to sin against God. And um, and so this, um, yeah, that that's it. I now have this choice. And so it is motivational. Now, the truth is, when I'm in the presence of God, I don't know if I'll care about anybody else. Um, but because he cares about everybody, I think you'll care about everybody, you know, love God and love others, you know. So I think that will be lived out in its fullness. But that is so exhilarating to be able to relive every meaningful story, but now in perfection. Mm. You know, that is exhilarating. Like, I cannot wait. And the truth of the matter is, you know, if I, I say this often at funerals. If you knew now, which means you have to die. So understand this. But but if you knew that you were going to see this person in in six weeks, yeah. would you be that broken up? You'd be like, no, no. Even a year? No, no, probably not. What about five years? That'd be a bummer. But yeah, I'd be. Oh yeah, five years. Let's count the date. The unknown then becomes, and this is something I've had to really fight. Where the devil, I I just feel it coming in. You're never going to see her again. Like I I've had that thought just kind of come on me, like it's almost not my own. And I'm like, that's simply not true. It's not true. But when I give into that, it can get really dark. And then it kind of <gasps> takes my breath away, you know, and I feel like the walls are kind of closing in this idea. I mean, sometimes I'll think it's one thing for me to say, um, my, my mom and I sometimes have trouble spots, so it's good she lives far away. It's another thing to realize I couldn't get to her even if I wanted to, mm. you know, so that can feel pretty desperate. But to be able to ground yourself in reality of this bigger truth that no, no, that's not true. You know, we know if you've lived any time, you know, three years goes by in a heartbeat, 10 years goes by in a heartbeat. Like I can remember things that are now 20 years ago and I feel like, man, that feels like a week ago, you know? And so I'm 52, you know, life expectancy, maybe I'll live till I'm, you know, 82, you know, so 30 years, man, 30 is a long time. Not really. Because once you've lived it, you're like, whoa, where'd the time go? You mm-hmm. know? And so I will be reunited with her, but it's not like, and then I got to figure out, okay, what do we do now? It's going to be just easy and beautiful and wonderful. All the things I enjoyed times infinity. That is, it is so hopeful. And this is one of those conversations that 
it, it feels when you're not when it's not when grief isn't fresh to you or you haven't had um that person you lo- like you're not longing to be there's not like a specific person in mind it can almost it can almost come off as hokey and it can almost come off as um as at maybe pie in the sky mm-hmm. pie in the heaven sky i don't know that's gotta be a that's a song i don't know what i don't know if i'm gonna have to write it uh, no but um it, it can seem like this like yeah those those sound like great ideas uh but it, it's one of those things at least for me and, and maybe you can echo this experience maybe you can't when that grief is fresh and when that person is still fresh um being able to picture the physical reality um of these burdens being lifted because like ultimately like you're sad that you are not going to see your mother you know you know physically during this lifetime again but like you said you're grieving so much of the pain and so much of the distance that shouldn't have had to be there um that shouldn't have been that the the trauma that she shouldn't have experienced that impacted how she raised you and impacted how she lived her life and and then impacted you and 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 we end up regretting all those things that put that space um that shouldn't have been there and I, i really do tend to think that when those when those memories and when those feelings and those regrets come into stark focus for us um it's a moment that god is giving us to be able to fully or better picture better imagine um what eternity actually is is there is there anything else as you as we kind of wrap up as we as we close in on our time yeah i i really appreciate what you said um i think that um i I, it it immediately jumped to my head in first corinthians where he said look what we're talking about uh is going to sound foolish to most people you know and i that this is the heart of the gospel is believing that what god says is true that we are provided complete comprehensive reconciliation through Jesus Christ. And so we do not, not only do we do not fear death, but we can anticipate, not the death itself, that's morbid, but we can anticipate the reunion and the reunion in its fullest spectrum, you know, Um, because it's not just my mom I want to engage with. I want to know a lot more about, you know, we've talked about this before. Heather had three miscarriages. I haven't even met those children yet, you know, um, and obviously Jessica and, and whoever else, you know, but what it'll be like to, I, to really talk to my grandpa who had all these blocks, uh, you know, and he would be perceived as a, as a quiet, almost stoic person at times, you know, and, and those, those dynamics. And I believe it's important to recognize God gave you your imagination for a reason. He could easily have made our brains not function in that way. And so it is not sinful or silly. You are going to think something. You will. No matter what it is, you're going to think something. And you have a choice of how you're going to think about it. Do you frame your thoughts by the truth God says? Or do you frame your thoughts by something that maybe in these cases would seem more realistic, quote unquote? Um and I'm like, and that's your choice. I, I'm I'm not going to try to convince anybody of, uh, another way. It's simply the idea. I could get really dark, and I need you to know I've cried, and I, I've had those times. So it's not that I'm. I said earlier, you know, whatever emotions you have, you have. Let let them be free in you, and and recognize God wants to be there with you. You don't have to clean that up before you talk to Him. Uh, but simultaneously, you know, the things that bring you comfort, when framed by God's point of view. I think those are really important, and you're going to imagine something. And what I would suggest is imagine something framed by the truth he gives you. 
total transformation, total reunion, connection like you've never imagined. And so that to me is not me just wishful thinking. That's me saying, I'm trusting you with this. You said it. There are blanks to be filled in because it wasn't the Bible solely to Jason. It was a Bible to everyone. And so now I am adapting it uh, to my world. Thank you for listening to this episode, and thank you uh, to Jason, which is weird to say thank you to Jason when you're standing, you're sitting right across from me. What are we, what are we weird as psychos and standing while we record it? That'd be so weird. Um, anyways, <laughs> it's thank you for listening, and, and thank you, Jason, for being vulnerable and honest. And um, there is there is such a tendency when somebody important to us goes that we can um, try to pretend that the hard parts weren't there and that the negative things didn't happen or they weren't as bad as they actually were. And ultimately, the the path that Jason has gone down, and, and I want to echo, um, it's the most honoring path you can you can give to somebody um, to be as open and, and honest and fair um, to them and their lives and their triumphs and their failures and the effect it had on you. Um, doing that, being that sort of person, processing that way um, through the filter of the gospel and through the filter of what God is doing uh, in your life and in all of creation. And that's how we honor people that are going ahead of us. That's how we honor um, the story that God is writing. And so thank you, Jason. And and thank you, anybody, for listening. I know this wasn't a typical episode, but uh, hopefully it blesses you and encourages you in some sort of way. Grace, peace, and love.